From the over-the-top studios in Boulder, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. The Boswell Chronicles post-race from the Amgen Tour of California. Ian, you had a great week. Yeah, I did, George. It was uh, it was a fun week, if, if nothing else. We you know, came here as a strong team and pretty much accomplished all the goals that we had set up before the race. So that's always a good, uh, good way to end up the week. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before, but... I remember our first interview, the very first tour of California that you uh, took part in, and here you are. You get fifth overall now. You've really grown as a professional. It's just been so great to watch. Yeah, well, that would have been all the way back in, what, 2012, I think? That is correct. It. Yep. And, yeah, probably about the same time we started doing these shows, and we've done well, a couple of grand tours now in California, and no, I've come a long way. You know, still have, uh, you know, I didn't win, so I still have still have a ways to go. But no, it's, everything's been going in the right direction. What was the high point of the tour for you? Um, I would have to say probably the stage two to uh, to Hamilton. It was, you know, just an awesome stage. You know, being in the break with with Lachlan Morton, uh, George Bennett, and Russell Mike. It was just, yeah, it was just like being a junior again, just out there racing and we attacked on Hamilton 50k to go and you know you know I got third on the stage so you know was on the podium for that moved me up on the GC and you know without that stage it would have been hard to you know to finish fifth on GC because we did take some time over riders who had a better you know time trial than myself um but then that was just that was just a fun day out bike racing and, and I really enjoyed that now one of my favorite talks with you was from the Vuelta uh a year or two ago when uh you were on a mountain stage and director came up and said, Ian, I want you to go for it. Um, you had a stage sort of like that, uh, on Mount Baldy where you were with the break, got dropped, you fought your way back. What was going through your mind during that stage? Yeah, similar, uh, I mean, I guess on stage two and Hamilton and Baldy, you know, I was fighting for the win. Um, you know, Baldy, we had Polanski in the group as well. So it was, you know, I was pushing pretty hard and kind of at the at my limits, but so yeah, yeah Pump Baldy, you know, climb that I was third on in 2015. You know, so I knew I knew the finish. I've forgotten the final switchbacks a little bit, unfortunately, but um, you know, it's kind of the other riders had me on the ropes a couple times, and I was drifting off the back and coming back, you know, to the to the three leaders, and I caught them for the last time around 400 meters to go. And whether it was a good move or not, I kind of did a, a little attack right away, um, just to kind of carry my, my momentum. And thought maybe I would, maybe I'd catch him off guard a bit. But you know, in the end, finished finished fourth and lost, I think, eight seconds to Kalansky. Um But again, you know, it's it's odd because in the moment you don't really realize what you're what you're doing and like, you know, what you're, you know, if you win a stage, it's, you know, California's a world tour race. That's a, that's a big result to win a stage of a world tour race. Um, you know, in the moment you just kind of just you switch on to, to autopilot. It's just instinct and you kind of do what you think is right. And you look back and you, know, you think, okay, I could have maybe done a few things differently here or there, or, you know, tactically played it a bit different. Um, and I would say cycling, like in, in general life, you have to learn from your mistakes. And, you know, as a kid, you know, your parents tell you, you know, how to do something or what not to do or what to do. And you, know, you don't listen to them or you don't really 
grasps grasp something until you make that mistake yourself. And it's the same in cycling, you know, and I haven't been in many situations at the front of the race racing for a win. And, you know, so with each, each experience and each time I have that opportunity, you know, I'm learning something and getting closer to, to winning the race. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's been a valuable learning experience being here in California and, and racing at the pointy end of the race. Now, I want to get inside your head just a little bit. I train a lot in the mountains. I live in the mountains. Um, but so many rides, you're out there and just feel like, gosh, I'm right at my limit. But here you are going for the win in mountain stages. What? And you said it, it, it's just a part of you takes over and, and you're not really aware of what's going on. Are you looking at numbers? How do you know where your max is? How do you know how hard to push? I think my my pacing, I guess, strategy is it's not based off numbers or heart rate or I mean it's really just something you have to sense because there's there's so many variables, especially in a race, you know, whether it's how hard the stage has been up to that point, the heat, the altitude, um, you know, who you're riding with, you know, their style of riding. And for so for example on Baldy, you know, the the other riders were they're all quite a bit smaller than myself, so maybe a bit a bit punchier and acceleration's a bit easier for them. So I had to kind of time trial up the, up the climb and ride my own pace. Um, so it's just really a matter of, of kind of judging their accelerations and then setting their own pace to know when you're going to come back to them and just being able to, to manage your effort enough. And kind of, I mean, after riding, you know, however many kilometers I've ridden in my life and so many climbs and efforts, you kind of know your, you know, your body and you have to go, to really understand your body on that day in that situation in order to to judge it right and you know sometimes you have to go a bit into the red but other times you know there's points when you can kind of back off and say okay i need to i need to you know recover here um but it's really just something that you learn you learn over time now how did the time trial go for you well and in, in hindsight it was a pretty darn good time trial i was, I was gonna say before the time trial I was a bit I was a bit stressed. Um it was the first individual time trial I've done all season so I was, you know, not really sure how I was gonna gonna finish up and I knew that Tolansky and Bookwalter were both, you know, relatively close. I think both within thirty, forty seconds of me. Um so I was I was anticipating that, you know, there's a chance that they'll both leapfrog me in the G C and I didn't know, you know, if I was on a bad day or had a bad time trial, you know, I could could have dropped to to tenth place. Um, but all things considered, no, I'm really happy with, with the time trial. It's probably one of the, the better time trials I've ever done as a professional. It's definitely still a area of my cycling that I can improve and, you know, get quicker at. And I have the, the ability, it's just a matter of, of practicing and spending more time on my time trial bike and doing more time trials and getting the whole routine down. Um, but no, I have to be, I have to be happy with the time trial. And, you know, unfortunately I slipped off the podium on that day, but. You know, it was, uh, like I said, it's been a big learning experience. Now, during a time trial, where are you mentally? Are you just focused on the moment? Are you thinking about other people? You're riding your race. It really doesn't matter who may be coming up behind you or whatever. Um, but sometimes that's hard to get out of your head. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was the third to last rider to start. So I, was, I think the time splits were two minutes between riders. So I didn't anticipate you know if i got caught then i was gonna i was losing a lot of time so i didn't anticipate anyone catching me or probably catching anyone else um so i mean i before the race i'd spoken to some of the coaches at sky and kind of picked uh, a target power to 
aim for. But after two minutes, I just went out the window because I was like, you know what, this is, it's the same as riding up a car. I have to ride my own pace, you know, right altitude or, you know, five days into the race. Um, you know, I haven't done a, a long time trial like that and since probably the Volta last year. Um, so it was more a matter of, of just finding the pace that I knew was sustainable, but, you know, just you know, kind of tapping into that, that upper limit and you know, making sure that you manage your effort enough to when you get to the finish line that you, know, you pretty much have, have nothing left. And there were a few you know, technical mistakes I made, you know, corners and, you know, pacing strategy, but in, in large part, you know, I'd say it was a pretty, for, for where I'm at, you know, my controllability, that was pretty perfect. Now you've done three grand tours, uh, two Vueltas and a Giro, and now back at the Tour of California, I'm not a not thinking it's easier, but uh, you don't have another couple of weeks of racing to go. So is that almost a relief? Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's it's completely different because you go into the race and you know it's a week long, and you know I think the the Grand Tours are you know they're definitely kind of the pinnacle of the sport. You know, they're the most they draw the most attention. You know, being three weeks, they draw the the biggest riders. Um, but at the same time, for my for my career and at this point in my career, you know, I've I've enjoyed having this opportunity to race like this, and I think it's kind of a the first transitional step into becoming a, a rider capable of you know targeting races for GC. I think it's you know logical to target you know six seven day races before you try and ride a full a full Grand Tour with GC, GC aspirations. So I think it's uh no, I'm happy with it, and you know, it's kind of a thought going forward to keep in mind for myself that you know where do I want to go the second part of the season you know there's obviously the Tour de France and the Volta left and do I want to try and make one of those teams or do I want to you know maybe target some some shorter week-long races where I could maybe have more more opportunity to try and win oh so there would be opportunities for you to go in as a team leader uh potentially and I don't know the full race calendar yet I had to Tour de Swiss next um, in mid June. Um, but after that, I'm not entirely sure of my race program. So, you know, just, just something I have to think about and decide, you know, in the next couple of weeks to kind of what, where I want my, my season to go the second part of the year. Well, we know where it's going today. You're heading out to the beach, so I don't want to keep you on the phone any longer. <laughs> we are heading down to uh muscle beach here in Venice. So maybe, I don't know, maybe lift some weights or probably just try to not get any more sunburn. Yeah. <laughs> And then what are your plans in the States uh, before you, are you heading right back to Nice or are you going up to Oregon for a little while? No, so I'm actually heading back to Vermont tomorrow evening. We're out here in Southern California and actually heading to a boys and girls club uh, tomorrow afternoon on behalf of 21st Century Fox. And we're donating a hundred bicycles to the kids there. And then I fly out to, to Burlington, Vermont. And I'm actually buying my first, uh, first house out in vermont on wednesday so yeah growing up wow well congratulations congratulations on your life going in a great direction and on your career and a great tour of california great thanks so much george ian boswell joining us on over the top radio road bike action radio from the over the top studios in boulder colorado i'm george thomas ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. 
Ned Fulmer. And I'm Ariel. We're from the Try Guys, and we have a new podcast called Baby Steps. It's an irreverent parenting podcast, because parenting is not perfect. We just had a newborn, baby Finn. I got pooped on. Ariel has pink eye. <laughs> I don't have a big guy. <laughs> we talk to some experts. We even bring you 4 a.m. thoughts from our garden. Oh my gosh, it's literally 4 a.m. Just to <laughs> go back here, I thought I got poop in my eye. Yeah. And that causes pink eye. Parenting is a mess. We're a mess. You're a mess. Join us every Sunday. Listen to Baby Steps on ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, 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 ACAST recommends. recommends.